Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Tone and Sculpt podcast. It's your girl, Chrissy Chella, and we are still quarantined. We are still home. But with everything going on, guys, everything is going on right now. And, you know, I think this is an eye-opening year for all of us. And I think it's such incredible time for us to come together more than ever. On today's podcast, I have a woman that is honestly, when like I, I can't express to you how truly inspirational she is. She has spent 12 years increasing employment of diverse talent. She has launched her very own charity. She has been awarded an MBE in 2020, New Year's Honours list for your services to diversity and inclusion. I have with me Joanna Abbey. Is that how I say your surname? <laughs> yeah, it's fine to say it like that. My dad would probably say Abbey. But you can say it. Is that right? Abby. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's perfect. Joanna, we spoke briefly before we started recording. Honestly, guys, Joanna is a woman you need to be following. You need to be listening to everything that she's done and everything that she is doing. It is basically the definition of actions speak louder than words. We talk about what we're going to be doing for diversity and what we want to do as brands as especially me as a as a business owner but Joanna puts everything in perspective that actions truly do speak louder than words so Joanna thank you so much for taking the time to be here and being on this podcast with me well thank you that was such a nice introduction (laughs) I feel feel all warm inside so thanks very much oh that's good that's good Okay, Joanna, so let's kick start. Tell me a bit about yourself so the audience can can know who you are and exactly what you stand for. Yeah, so I'm Joanna Rabay. I am 33. I run Blue Moon, um, which is a diversity and inclusion consultancy practice, and we have an executive search offering. Um, we I started off my career in the creative industries, and so as a journalist and so a lot of our work to begin with in the early years so we launched back in 2008 was uh, focused on the creative industries but over time the success we had within the creative sector has seen us branch into financial services retail um, the civil service um, the magic circle law firms um, the education sector, engineering, construction. So I have a real trading, so I have a real mix of businesses that I work with. Um, 
I I've always been very uh, committed to inclusion and to trying to understand uh, what barriers are in place for certain people within society and what makes it difficult for them to compete if you like on a level playing field not just from a um, a recruitment perspective but actually from a um, just in terms of opportunities and the way that they're treated within the workplace so I mean as I said I started off in journalism I worked in um, uh, women's magazines and then I went into television and radio and my focus was always on um, sort of news, current affairs and showbiz and entertainment. And so I noticed really, really quickly that it was very difficult for people from low socioeconomic backgrounds, like my background, to be able to get into the journalism sector purely because it was so much unpaid work and you had to, you know, kind of it was based on nepotism and who you knew, etc. So that was what kind of inspired all of my sort of career but for a long time while I was a journalist I was running my organization at the same time so for about a decade I probably lived on about four or five hours sleep and I would go to the office do my job familiar to me <laughs> that's what I do now it's one that when you're building it it really is that it's you can't do um anything unless you really really love it because it's mm. exhausting it's tough obviously it's amazing but in the days when it's not amazing, it has to really be something you love to keep it to keep it going. And it's quite a tireless, if you like, and relentless effort. And I don't say that with with resentment. I say that with just just literally it's it's nonstop. It is nonstop, but that's because you truly believe in something with every fibre in your body. And you know, you truly believe that, you know, as much as it's work, it's not work for you, it's your passion. And when yeah. you have such a pure passion for something, you just keep on going. And you don't even think about the time. Absolutely. I don't, everyone always says to me, like, I really don't feel like I have a job. I really don't. I've got, yeah, I've got so many, obviously I, I do, obviously the, what I do um, pays my bills, but um, it's, that's it's just, just kind of, now. yeah, that, and that's just, just kind of now. been a kind of, um, for a really long time, uh, my journalism career paid my bills and everything else I did actually cost me. Uh, mm. But I just felt so strongly in it that now, yeah, I mean, it, I had to get permission in a way. I remember probably a couple of years ago, I had someone sort of say to me, you know, it wouldn't make you a bad person if you charged businesses for all this work that you do. You know, people have businesses without any real sort of moral purpose or ethical societal, you know, sort of um, influence and charge loads. So don't, you know, don't be ashamed if you, you know, and, and sort of gave me permission in a way that, if I charged I could scale and I'd have more impact yeah and and as a result of that you do you know yeah so so now I'm yeah I'm really proud of it and I wake as I say I wake up every day and I'm trying to make the world better and I know that sounds a bit cheesy but essentially that that's what I'm doing I'm, I'm trying to you are uh, create a level playing field for everybody so so yeah I'm, I'm proud of the, the the fact that I stuck at it because as you can imagine probably certainly in your even in your experience, Chrissy, it might it can start off as something in your bedroom. It's like, oh, you know. Oh, it did. Yeah. It exactly. did. <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh, how's that little thing you're doing? Or how's that, how are you getting on with your, you know, your little thing that you've got going on? And and then suddenly that little thing seems to be something everyone wants to be a part of. So, yeah, I, I think it does take a lot of self kind of belief and drive and commitment to see it through. You have to, to be tunnel vision. Through. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to be tunnel vision because at the end of the day, I, oh my God, you know what? I remember when I first um, created my first workout program, I was actually in my 
ex-boyfriend's bedroom and his mum and sister were downstairs and I spent, I didn't get out of that bedroom. I was just doing work and he came home from work and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, look, like I, I just feel different about what I'm doing right now. I can't express this feeling, but I'm just going to keep on going. It's now been three years and I haven't looked back. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's one of those things where you just know something, something inside you just tells you just to keep on going and you never give up regardless of how hard shit might get. You just keep on yeah. going. But Absolutely. that leads me to my next question because you do give, you know, so much help and such insightful information to businesses. But my question is, what does it actually mean in 2020 to be diverse and inclusive at a, at a, at work or at home? Because obviously now more people are working from home and I truly do believe that even after COVID is kind of cleared up people will still be working more from home so you know what do you think there's been a change have you seen a change since maybe when you first started to now or not really that much of a change just be super honest and transparent about it yeah I think you know what I think um so when I first um started campaigning in this area it would have been 2005 and at the time uh people used um the word underrepresented we didn't really use the word it was always underrepresented or disadvantaged people and we didn't really use the word diversity and we didn't think about inclusion in that way and I think I remember when I started this journey trying to sort of drum up uh, support from those that have kind of gone before me and I did get that support because I was obviously so sort of um, committed and passionate about it but I also realized really quickly that those individuals have been fighting for it much like a lot longer than you know much earlier you know than I I had in that I was what 18 17 18 um, and and these people were sort of in their 40s and had been and had been pushing for this for a really really long time so in a way, I felt we must have got somewhere because I'm able to look to people in front of me. So I could see there had been some change, but I knew there hadn't been enough because I still needed that. I still felt underrepresented. Mm-hmm. They still felt underrepresented. And they, you know, they'd been in the, the industries much, much longer than me by, by that point. And so in a way, I think we have got we have made some strides. We've now got companies being a bit bolder and saying, you know, we're going to have, we're going to do what we can to have gender representation, for example, or we're going to support our LGBTQI staff. We're going to do what we can to give our ethnic minorities and our disabled talent the, the equity that they need. I think, I think though, even with all of that, we still got such a long, long way to go. So for me, how sort of diversity looks in the workplace is it's, it's almost redefining all of the ways that things have been done, the things, the way things have been done in the past is not the right way. And we know that because it's, it's, it's created the structures and the systemic inequalities and structural inequalities that we see today. So for me, uh, when we look at diversity, it's going back to the drawing board. It's looking at, you know, where do we attract our talent? Um, where do we go? How do we 
and make sure that where we go and where we look, everyone has what it is that they need to successfully get access to these opportunities. When we recruit, how do we make sure that that is a fair process for everyone, whether you are blind, whether you are black, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a white middle class person, how are we making sure that everyone who could possibly get access to this opportunity has everything that they need to be successful? And then when they come into the workplace, have we considered everyone or do we work to the majority? Do we do things because this is the way we've always done them or do we think about um, how to do things that includes everybody? Uh, and I think there's been a business case for diversity for a really long time, years. Um, but I don't think it's compelling enough because if it is, we wouldn't still be having this conversation. Yeah, and I think there's a bigger challenge in changing the hearts and minds and, and getting people to understand that there isn't diverse talent and then talent. It should just be talent. And if we oh, that's how I see it. Yeah. So that's how I, I perceive it. I perceive it as this isn't a tick box mechanism. Yeah. This isn't yeah. just... You know, someone did, did ask me the other day, they were like, um, how many people of colour do you have working for you? And I was like, listen, I have anyone you can imagine working for me, from white to black to Asian to homosexual to straight to French to this to that, right? And I sat back and I thought, also, these people are qualified, you know, like fundamentally the most important thing for me is making sure you get the right person for the role millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And maybe that's... For me, be be honest with me, like this is an open discussion. Maybe for me, I've got that wrong. But whether, you know, a black woman or, or a white woman come to me, I'm going to look at their resume. That's the first thing I look at. You know, I look at what their qualifications are. If someone has 20 years 
experience over one year experience, um, they've worked with X amount of companies and got them to X amount of levels, then you're going to steer more to that direction. Right. Yeah, well, that's the, yeah, and absolutely, that's what it should be. I always say that if you look, if you if you're any employer and you've got a job description or an, or an idea of what it is that you're looking for in the person you're about to hire, then the only thing that you need to be concerned with when interviewing or assessing someone is their ability to fulfil that those those skill sets that you need in your business. So, yeah. which is why I always say that if we did things, if you start, if you go back to the drawing board and you and you level the playing field for everyone at each step of the process. So from attraction, recruitment, uh, retaining them, uh, developing and promoting them within the organisation. And we're just looking at skills, talents, uh, capabilities and that. Then actually, we would see a lot more diversity. In fact, what we're doing as a, as a society at the moment is we are trying to find people who we find familiar to us. Because people that we're not familiar with um, breed fear in us. That they... they, they they could potentially be a risk. They feel like you might say something wrong with them. You might not understand them. So you want to get someone as close to what you're used to as possible in order to, to feel comfortable with the decision that you've made. And I can't tell you how many times we've observed interviews where someone is, the interviewer is, is spending most of their time trying to find something that they have in common personally with the person in front of them, as opposed to trying to establish yeah. what skill set they have that's needed for that business. And like an example of that is I remember observing an interview and at the end of it, I said, so what do you think of that person? And they said, you know, I don't think they're right. And I said, oh, why is that? And they said, you know, they, they, they weren't able to demonstrate, you know, these particular skills. And I said, you didn't ask one question that would have allowed them to demonstrate that. Yeah, that's so bad. And that's, do you know what? I can, I can, I can safely, safely, safely tell you that when, you know, referring, I can only refer back to me because I can't, I can't discuss anybody else's position. But, you know, when I first ever employed my first um, team member at Tona Sculpt, Joanna, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I'm going to be so honest with you. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I was 24, no, 23. I had just finished law school I'd never led a team I'd never managed a team all I knew is this company was growing out of capacity I didn't know I needed all I knew is I needed help but I didn't know how to genuinely employ people and I was asking all the wrong questions I was shooting myself in the foot had to let people go bring new people in but now you know now there's there's nearly oh my god there's 20 employees at Tona Sculpt and we're still hiring like six more because we still need more hands on deck. And the process now to what it was before is a completely different story. We don't look at you and say, damn, am I going to be able to have a, a couple beers with this person at the end of a work day? I look at you and go, are you going to help all my incredible clients achieve their goals, be happy and satisfied? That's my questions. Because at the end of the day, I need to know whether you are a team player, you have the same common vision, and you're going to help this community. That That's my fundamental goals. Whereas before, I would be like, oh my God, is, does this person like me? Does this person like me? <laughs> and I was like, why do I care? Like, no, this is it goes beyond this now. It's like, no, we need to have the same common vision. We need to work as a team. We need to progress. And we need to get to that common vision, you know? No, definitely, totally. 
and I think I think that there is a there is something really beautiful in that because a lot of companies and people are not happy to just admit that they don't know those things and actually if they did admit it they would do a lot better at you know in the way that you were just so frank and said I didn't know what I was doing I was only 23 I think if organizations sort of said look this isn't my you know my strength and my it would be great for me to find a way to to um create another way of doing this um and, and understanding how to to interview people properly no so so yeah so there is um there is this there is this honesty that you just shared there which was you know how do how you know I don't know something can you how do I learn to know it how do I get to know it how do I make sure that I am in a position where I'm not looking for uh similarities in the people that I'm speaking to but I am actually looking for talent and a, and a set of skills and I think a lot of businesses aren't confident yet at all in saying that in kind of going no you know what we're not I think they're scared I, I feel like do you know what I feel like everyone's scared to discuss this like they're just scared they're scared to ask the questions of you know tell like if I was to ask you a question Joanna from from a company's perspective from a company owner what do you think you know can impact positive change and diversity in a workplace people are scared to ask those questions because they don't know whether it's too much or too little and that that that's what I personally think is one of the biggest problems being so scared to ask such open and honest questions if you don't ask questions you will never learn you will never progress you can't sit there and treat diversity as something scared to discuss it should be an open discussion so we can share ideas and we can progress if if as a business owner I sit there and I go oh Joanna like I'm really scared to ask you these questions I'm never going to get anywhere so I have to ask you questions like right you know what is it like being a woman of color in business how would you like companies to approach certain situations what would you recommend because at the end of the day, if we don't have these open discussions with one another and we're totally honest and totally transparent and keeping communication, nothing can ever be achieved. Yes, it is the company's responsibility and the individual's responsibility to be immensely educated, um, to support and to elevate and to amplify women of colour and women of all backgrounds. But it is also our job to ask questions. Regardless if you're a woman of colour, if you're white, if you're Muslim, if you're Christian, you should openly have conversations and discuss things with one another because you might give me an idea or an opinion that I haven't even thought about and vice versa. So I think there needs to be an element of pushing fear aside and understanding that, yes, things might be uncomfortable, but they're supposed to be. Because when you're uncomfortable, it leads to action. Action leads to change. It's the same process in fitness. You go into a gym as a beginner and you start shitting yourself. You might, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in the gym. I'm, I'm in a new environment. I feel hella uncomfortable. I'm going to walk out. You walking out, you're never going to achieve anything. You conquering, feeling uncomfortable and just doing anything you can is better than doing nothing at all. And then you're going to get better and better and better at it. So that's the way I see it personally. I'm totally with you. I don't think there's anything wrong with like making mistakes. And I think the only thing you should really fear is fear because actually there's a lot of, 
opportunity to learn if you're if you're open to making mistakes and I always say there's no failures there's just lessons and so um I think even in the moments where it is awkward I'm about to put out a um a small clip on just sort of addressing some of the ways that the workplace can help some of their ethnic minority staff at the moment and and I've just tried my best to be progressive and productive as possible but I'm also open to the fact that there may be people that suggest and and think there are other ways uh, in which we could do some of those things outside of my suggestions and I think at the heart of diversity is the fact that everyone is allowed to have their opinion and it be valued and and, and it be relevant to their experiences and it be valued so I'm totally with you on that oh okay I, I love conversations like this I think these are really like important conversations to have in in society as as one-on-ones within your family because at the end of the day like you know there were, I recently spoke to you about um Danielle Wilson and when I did my Q&A with her you know she said something that just put things in perspective she goes she goes an individual may may not be a racist right um but there's a difference between being non-racist and anti-racist so you may do things wholeheartedly with all honesty, but you it may have never been a consideration to you before. Whereas being anti-racist, you're, you're considering things more. You're more awake. You're more woke, as they say. And I think that it's so important to have these discussions with the people around you, with new people, and to really amplify the importance of diversity and equality and ways that we can make change together because listen as much as I may try to make a change and I always will do and so will you there's so much more power in coming together and really doing this as like a um as a combined effort a million voices is more powerful than one voice in my opinion anyway um my question to you is now this is a bit of a strong question what is it like being a woman of color in business? Like, do you find it that your experiences are different? Have you seen people treat you differently to to what they may treat a white woman? Um, and just be really honest about it, Joanna. Like, be brutal, be honest. Just give me give me your thoughts. I think um, uh, there's lots of where to start with this. So um it's a fully loaded question but, yeah but I feel like comments. a lot of people would have been scared to ask that question no 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 yeah no I think you're right and it's a it's an important question I think um I've had to learn to carry myself in a certain way um because there were already perceptions on what I would behave like because I was a black woman so if I was assertive I was it's, it all sounds a bit cliche and, and you've probably heard it all before but it's it's very real that you know that I would be aggressive uh if I was assertive it was it was more aggressive as opposed to me just having a really strong opinion opinion, opinion on something. Yeah. I so I've, I've learned how to speak in a way that um gets my point across and doesn't that doesn't allow opportunity for people to label that as aggressive or with a chip on my shoulder or any of those things my friend's mum once said to me that when they go um high with their voice you should go low and it's kind of the opposite of what Michelle Obama said but it's in a different context so my friend's mum was referring to the fact that in meetings if someone's getting impassioned um and they're not you know a black person or a black woman 
it's really important that you don't raise your voice to them. You need to keep your voice really low and at the same considered level, because then you are taking what you're saying is, is listened to as opposed to it's looking like bickering and um, another angry black lady. And it's a shame that we have to be given those sorts of kind of pieces of pieces of advice. But it's been used against us so much that our passion is aggression as opposed to our white counterparts, for example, who could sometimes be incredibly unprofessional and that would still come across as, you know, an acceptable way. Uh, oh, that makes me so mad listening to that. Yeah. That um, honestly makes me so mad because it's like, you know, it's one thing being a woman in business and then it's another thing being a woman of colour in business. It's like, as a woman in business, you you, I feel like anyway, I sometimes have to dim my shine and this is a discussion yeah. I'll have in another podcast. And that's just me being honest. That's how I feel sometimes. But yeah. then being a woman of color, it's like you've got to dim your shine times a hundred. Because what, just because you're passionate about something, it comes across as aggressive. It's ridiculous. It makes me mad. I'm like, no, let a woman speak. Let her speak. Let her voice her opinion. It's not aggression. It's passion. Yeah. You know? and, and you get that a lot. And you get a lot of... um. But being a woman is difficult anyway, in that it is. Um, in business, I'm, always, I'm always spoken to like in a patronizing tone sometimes. Mm-hmm. They'll say something to me as if I couldn't possibly have known it beforehand. Do you know or, what I mean? Like, like you couldn't have achieved it on your own. Yeah, or they just say something they think is like really um profound. And I'm like, obviously. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you genuinely saying that to me as if that's news like, I get that a lot and I find it quite embarrassing I find I feel embarrassed for the person because I think they assume that because I look younger than I am and also because they make assumptions about what a sort of a working class kid might know or a black kid might know that they talk to you as if you're just you know you're very stupid and I'm not so sometimes I find that really frustrating and that that happens a lot uh, and I'm trying to think of an example where hopefully it will come to me um but where that sort of happened but sometimes they'll they'll invite me along to something that's maybe black tie and say you know it's black tie do you know what that means and I'm like of course like come on like oh Joanna um, don't you're infuriating yeah I get like really silly questions like that or I'll get um, what you should do now that you've met them is you should follow it up with an email and say obviously I was going to follow it up like you're saying things to me that yes it's patronizing patronizing patronizing. and you know what you're 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 proving people wrong and you shouldn't have to prove people wrong that's that is my point like you should never have to prove someone wrong but there is so much power you know as an individual when someone tells you that you can't do something and then you do it, but you do it to a whole new level that they didn't even think that was capable for them to do it. So, you know, like, look at all the achievements that you've made. And, you know, you've you've literally sat back and been like, okay, I can continue to do this. I don't want to continue to do this. So I'm going to, you know, that resilience that you have in your mind, that power that you have, you've just taken it and been like, my my language but fuck the odds around me I'm gonna achieve what I want to achieve because I know that I can and I need to stand up for what's right and I need to stand up for young women of color who want to look up to you like do you know how amazing it's going to be for women of color 
especially a young girl, to look up to someone like you for everything that you've achieved, everything that you stand for and everything that you continue to do. And, you know, that's why I wanted you on this podcast so much because I wanted to amplify what you do. I wanted to elevate what you do. Not that you need it, by the way, you're smashing it on your own, but because, like I said, coming together and hearing what you do and what you stand for is so much more powerful than just continuing to do it by yourself. So yeah, you've taken everything and you've just been like, no, I'm going to do this instead. No, thank you. And I think, I think just to add to that, one of the things that I would love people to kind of take from, from that question, when you say, you know, what's it like to be a black woman in business is um, like, like use your voice and don't, don't let people make you think that your voice or your experiences are lesser than. I've always had this thing of why do they, like who said that, you're smarter than me or who said that your opinion is better than mine or like who's actually said that and and I, and I kind of think that there is this because of the way that society is structured there is this um, assumption that you know if you speak and talk in a particular way that clearly you're of more value and I think what I, I would ask everyone to think is no 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 like we're all of value and your experiences and what you have to say and what you think are of value and so in any room that you'll ever find yourself in even if your voice is sort of shaking in fear still use it because the chances are that a lot of the people in that room if you think about it with all the structures that we have that are against most of the different um, minority groups and it's not just about color but um, we've had to usually work 10 times as harder to be in that room there are plenty of mediocre people from more well-off backgrounds and more privileged backgrounds that are in situations who haven't had to do half as much as us. So, you know, when you're there, you should definitely feel like I have absolutely earned my right to be here and then some. And sometimes what you may have achieved in your small, you know, you might only be 21, but in your 21 years, because of life experiences, is sometimes more than the person sat opposite you who may not have had those experiences, has experienced at all yet because they haven't had the they haven't had to find that level of resilience so I just think you know when you're whoever you are and whatever background you're from like use your voice your experiences to to educate people on the misconception they might have about you so quite often to just to go to a boardroom situation I sit on a lot of boards and um I used to think, why am I sitting here? Like, what should, why, why do they want to hear what I have to say? And then I actually realised when I used to hear what everyone else was saying, no, I've got something completely, I think something completely different to that. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. And I used to think to myself, if I don't say it, if I'm the only person that these individuals get to speak to in this way, one-on-one, then I am their example of, of those people. They're going to be the, I'll be the one that they go, oh, no, no, I know this, this, you know, this young black woman and she's perfectly articulate and bright, you know. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes people will use that one person they know to to kind of define all of those people that identify with them. So I think, you know, just when you're in that position, like educate them on, you know, tell them something they don't know, show them something that they won't have assumed about you. Uh, because I think it's not until we start challenging those biases that we will get anywhere and you probably might think why should I like why should why is it my job to do that it's not your job it really isn't it's actually their job to go off and um educate themselves but while you have got their ear um why not make it worth worthwhile yeah exactly and you know it's not about also proving people wrong by the way guys it's 
um, I think what me and Joanna are, are trying to say in a nutshell is if you don't speak up, um, it's actually going to hurt you more. And that's the way I see it as well. It's like when you, when, um, whenever I have an issue about something or a problem or something's upsetting me, whether that's in my personal life with people in my personal life or within my company, I will vocalize how I feel because at the end of the day, as crazy as I may sound, I know that I've let it all out and I feel better within myself and that information, that person that I'm relaying it to, that's now their responsibility. I'm not going to sit back and keep everything in, bog down and just suffocate myself because you end up exploding and I've done that as well. So yeah, I think it's super important and I think it's super important to have these discussions that we have had on this podcast today, guys. And I think that if there's one piece of advice I can give you to anyone that's listening at home, just please don't be scared. Like, I know, I know things can be uncomfortable, but don't be scared. Speak about things that you want to speak about. Vocalize what you want to vocalize, because at the end of the day, you're only going to help better yourself, better your understanding and being expressive. There is nothing wrong with being expressive, being vocal. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being vocal. And if you want to scream and shout what you believe in, scream and shout what you believe in. Because at the end of the day, if someone tells you you're wrong, okay, thank you so much for your opinion. I'm going to continue believing and doing what I believe in. So Joanna, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Because honestly, mm-hmm. like, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Oh, and you too. Thank you so much for being so honest and transparent and just vocalizing exactly how you feel. So thank you so, so much. No, thank you. And um, yeah, just if anyone um, ever needs any advice around this, I know that there's a lot going on at the moment that might be uh, causing a lot of sort of concern and and worry, then by all means, just reach out. And I think there's always something, there's always a way to get people on side. And sometimes when you need to do that, one of my tips is try and work out what they're motivated by and what they measure their success on. And then in your ideas, try to ensure that there is a kind of a a benefit to those people. And then you'll start to see more people buying in. And it sounds a bit tactical and it sounds like it shouldn't be something you have to do. But actually, sometimes in order to get buy-in, you have to talk to the things that are important to other people and what they'll care about and and include that in some of the the points that you're making to ensure that you get their support. So you want in in this moment, you want allies and you want to have conversations with people who don't necessarily agree with you. Um, And and in that you want to educate them and get them to see your point of view. They may not end up agreeing, but they'll start to see the value in in the view that you have. So just work out what it is they need to be convinced of that. Exactly. And I think that also like perfectly said to a perfectly put podcast so, <laughs> thank you so much Joanna I'm going to speak to you soon and shortly thank you so much everyone for listening in make sure that you are following Joanna and like she said if you have any advice send her a DM, send her an email and don't hesitate Hesitate. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening in I love you always and forever and I'll catch you in the next podcast bye everyone, thank bye Joanna thank you so much, thank you Chrissy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop 
dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 